It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Biblical drought and deluge, catastrophic hailstorms, collapsing ozone layer, crushed crops, imploding oceans, species extinction levels going off the charts, what's next? Do you really want to know? What we are told are once in a thousand year droughts are occurring in the same country and at the same time with what we are told are once in a thousand year floods. What's wrong with this picture? Look up. Covert climate intervention operations are wreaking havoc with the planet's already damaged climate system. And what are the controllers doing in response? The only thing they know how to do, doubling down on their insanity. And for those that are convinced that the constantly hazy, silvery white skies are solely the result of some distant wildfire or just industrial pollution, think again. So much of the haze is the downwind fallout from climate engineering atmospheric spraying. So long as there are fires burning somewhere, the weather makers have cover to completely unleash the spraying operations over oceans and continents. What are we inhaling with every breath we take? Stay tuned. In the meantime, an update on the house of cards known as industrialized militarized society from CNBC last week. This we may have a double-dip recession, says former Fed governor. For the record, no need to worry about a double-dip recession. What we face is not a bump or two in the road. It's the end of the road. And those that refuse to believe it will soon. Wait and see. What else is mainstream media dishing out? Last week on Fox News, a cast of paid puppet clown commentators sat around on couches making jokes about the planet's collapsing life support systems while they're at the same time pushing for more drilling so that we can burn every last drop of carbon fuel until there's nothing left. On CNBC and CNN, another cast of the delusional and insane ranted on and on about how so-called green energy is going to save us from ourselves. How's that going so far? View the documentary Planet of the Humans to find out. And all the while, drought, deluge, cataclysms, the hallmark of climate intervention operations, continue to wreak havoc on populations and environments all over the world. With the whole of the so-called climate science community pretending it's not happening, with every official source and every so-called elected official pretending it's not happening. In regard to the continued cutting off of precipitation into the western U.S., courtesy of the climate engineering cabal, with 40 million about to run out of water and with Las Vegas having spent a billion and a half boring a tunnel under Lake Mead to drain out the last drop, consider this new headline from Bloomberg. Drought drives Las Vegas to cap size of home swimming pools. Wow, what an incredible solution. I wonder how many so-called scientists it took to come up with that one. No more Olympic-sized swimming pools. That should magically save the day. We live in a planetary asylum. Not a metaphor, a reality. Biosphere collapse is the bottom line, the gaping hole in the bottom of the ship that almost none are willing to face. All of it being further fueled by the climate intervention operations that are so incredibly blatantly visible in our skies. 
I'll get back to this subject in a moment, but first this, another arena of unpleasant and unwanted truth that few are willing to face, an arena that is directly connected to biosphere collapse and the, quote, warp speed controller response to it. Global controllers have long since made known their objective of reducing human populations, i.e. to thin the herd. What should we have expected from them? What else is coming? What have they already lied to us about? Let's start with this Fox News report from last week. Listen carefully. Just the other day, Tony Fauci, no less than Tony Fauci, admitted in public that actually we have no idea what effect the COVID vaccines might have on women's fertility, on their menstrual cycles. Wait a second. Remember when suggesting that could get you bounced off of Twitter and Facebook as a conspiracy theorist? Well, it turns out it's true. Here's Tony Fauci. There's been a a number of studies. New York Times just did one about um, menstruating cycles and how that is affected by vaccines. Yeah, well, the menstrual thing uh, is is something that seems to be quite transient and, and temporary. That's the point. That's one of the points. We need to study it more. Oh, we need to study it more. More. It's just like human fertility, reproducing the species, the most important event in most people's lives. We need to study it more. Oh, but it's too late. We just forced millions of women to take that drug. Sorry. So how did they release a vaccine and then make it mandatory when they didn't understand the long-term effects of the drug? That's a very good question. Here's Deborah Burks. She's the former White House COVID response director, again on Fox News. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccines, and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will, but let's be very clear. 50% of the people who died from the Omicron surge were older, vaccinated. (laughs) What? Stop the... Quote... I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. Really, Deborah Burks. But somehow you forgot to mention that as people were being fired from their jobs for not taking this on the premise that if they took it, they would never be infected. When do you get criminally charged? Soon, we hope. Yes, the criminally insane are clearly running the asylum. And for those that are still refusing to face the increasingly damning data that is exposing clearly nefarious agendas, consider that hiding from the truth won't help anyone. What happened to the flu? Did it disappear from the face of the earth once COVID was released? Why do almost none ask or consider that part of the equation? Does anyone remember how hard the medical industrial complex pushed the flu vaccine until they replaced it with the COVID injections? Just prior to the COVID-19 launch, Big Pharma was pushing flu vaccines that were, they said, four times more powerful. They said it was for the old and the already sick. Did that really seem safe or even sane? Were we ever given any statistics on the results? None I ever remember seeing. All swept under the rug. And now there's this. Last week from CNBC, World Health Organization declares rapidly spreading monkeypox outbreak a global health emergency. They just keep coming, don't they? From that report, the UN Health Agency said that the term implies the situation is serious, sudden, unusual, and or unexpected, and that it carries implications for public health. In short... They said, we have an outbreak that has spread around the world rapidly through new modes of transmission about which we don't understand. They then said the outbreak has been unprecedented. They're paid not to understand. 
these agencies are not there to disclose threats and the sources of those threats to the population. They are there to hide them. They are there to serve those who provide their paychecks and pension, i.e. the central bankers and those who control the central bankers. How bad are the latest totals from the official vaccine injury databases in the U.S. and Europe? Here are the statistics, and as shocking as they are, the true totals may be as much as 20 times higher because the medical industry is discouraged from reporting any vaccine injury. Thus, it is believed that only 5% or less are being reported. Keep that in mind. Statistics. This is a combination of VAERS vaccine adverse recording system and the European Endura Vigilance totals 76,253 dead, 6,033,218 injured. And this is following COVID vaccines with also 4,358 fetal deaths. That's in the U.S. The European Medicines Agency, the EMA database of adverse drug reactions, is now reporting 46,618 deaths and 4,682,268 injuries following COVID-19 vaccines. In the United States, the Vaccine Adverse Events Recording System, theirs, is now reporting 29,635 deaths and 1,000,000 350,950 injuries following COVID-19 vaccines. There have now been more deaths and vaccine side effects reported during the past 20 months to VAERS following COVID-19 vaccines than there has been for the entire previous 30 years for all FDA-approved vaccines before the emergency use authorization of the COVID-19 shots in December of 2020. Experimental injections pushed by Big Pharma and the politicians they pay. With statistics like that, Is it any wonder why the pharmaceutical industrial complex has long since demanded and been given by our so-called government total legal immunity for all injury and death that their concoctions cause? What kind of individuals are running agencies like the World Health Organization? How about this from the expose.com last week? Exposed World Health Organization's gangster and dictator, Dr. Tedros the Terrorist. The head of the World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros, was a senior capo for the Tigray People's Liberation Front, the TPLF, a gangster mafia that ruled Ethiopia from 1991 to 2018. During that time, he served as health minister and foreign minister, cementing his credentials as a member of the inner circle of what was perhaps one of the most corrupt, brutal, and genocidal regimes to set foot on this planet in the past three decades. And then there's Bill Gates, another member of the WHO, primary funder of that agency. But that's another story. Also with the shocking record of vaccine catastrophes in Africa and India. Any that still believe the cast of criminals that run the matrix are here to protect and preserve public health and welfare need to wake up and conduct some honest and objective investigation while they still have time to do so. Next, breaking headlines on the bottom line of biosphere collapse, all of it being further fueled by the global climate intervention assault. Stay tuned. You're listening to the weekly bad news broadcast, the Global Alert News Hour, the end of the world as we know it broadcast, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. This broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org and is now aired on numerous AM and FM stations in numerous regions throughout the U.S., 
This is Dane Wigington, your host of the Bad News Broadcast. Please check the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for our YouTube channel versions of this broadcast. We hope you'll subscribe to our YouTube channel. Click the bell to get notifications for our new videos. Likes, comments, and sharing helps us to get this broadcast out to new listeners. Also, our groundbreaking documentary, Exposing Global Climate Engineering Operations, titled The Dimming, is available to view for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Please help us to expand our voice, and in doing so, to help more effectively sound the alarm. Again, our website, geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited source in the world on the subject of covert climate engineering operations. Moving on. What about this headline from last week? 60 House lawmakers urge Biden to declare national climate emergency. Smoke and mirrors, mass distraction, nothing more. Question, is it even remotely rational to doubt that the military industrial complex is already using weather as a weapon and has been for decades? In fact, over 75 years, consider this recent headline from defense.gov. Here it is. Defense Secretary calls climate change an existential threat. From that report, the U.S. Defense Secretary stated, quote, climate change is making the world more unsafe and we need to act, end quote. The U.S. Defense Secretary then went on to say this. The climate crisis is a profoundly destabilizing force for the world. As the Arctic ice melts, competition for resources and influence in the region increases. And that's what this is all about. Anyone who thinks the government would ask our permission before doing this when it's a matter of historical record going back, again, not just 75 years. We have patents going back over 100 years. Do we really think they're not doing this? Search geoengineeringwatch.org extensive list of patents. You will be shocked at how many they are and how detailed they are. Another headline from late last year to add to this equation from NPR. Climate change is a risk to national security, the Pentagon says. I'm trying to make a point. This is front and center for the military industrial complex. Of course, they're climate engineering. How obvious can it be at this point? Here's another. Climate change, the biggest U.S. security threat. With all this in mind, these recent three headline examples, let's stand back and consider the wider historical horizon. Well over a half century ago, the U.S. military was so successful at creating climate chaos in Vietnam, Project Popeye, that weather warfare was banned by international treaties shortly after the Vietnam conflict. Not that the criminal cabals masquerading as our government care about international law, but consider that the U.S. military juggernaut could create drought and deluge chaos way back then, but we're to believe they can't do it now, with over a half century of technological advancement, or are we to think that those who actually control the military would never wage war on their own citizens? Are the controllers who own the U.S. military from top to bottom, are they even connected to any particular country? No. And consider how horrifically our military brothers and sisters are treated. Cannon fodder for every imaginable experiment. Cannon fodder in conflicts all over the world that have nothing whatsoever to do with spreading, quote, freedom and democracy. No. The endless invasions and occupations are about securing resources to sustain the cancer of empire. That's what our military personnel are serving and dying for. And that fact needs to be faced, along with the fact that U.S. military climate intervention operations are wreaking havoc on populations and exposing them to a plethora of toxic airborne elements. More on that in a moment. And again, about our troops exposed to countless dangers and not told... Deadly, depleted uranium munitions, toxic burn pits, toxic water on military bases, and then 
these soldiers are abandoned. And yet, so many still blindly wave their flags and ignore it all. Do central banker-controlled governments care about our troops or international law? Of course not. They never have. The global controllers know full well that the planet's heavily damaged and now collapsing life support systems can no longer support the totality of the human race. What actions should we expect the controllers to take? It's not a hard blank to fill in for any that don't have their eyes wide shut. So here's my question. Again, I ask, is it even remotely rational to deny the ongoing shockingly visible climate engineering weather warfare operations, knowing that such operations have long since been a matter of historical record and a part of the military arsenal of, quote, full-spectrum dominance for the best part of a century? Is it rational to deny that power centers around the world would covertly cooperate with climate intervention operations under the guise of saving humanity from itself by mitigating global warming, when, in fact, climate engineering is further fueling the planetary meltdown, not mitigating it? Governments around the world are actively or passively participating in covert weather warfare, in population control, and ultimately reduction. What else can it be called? On that note of good cheer, let's add this headline from last week. Quote, we're not going to make it to 2050. The report states the age of extinction is dawning by the day, and we're doing too little too late to stop it. How did it get so bad? How can so many be so willing to participate in their own near-term demise? And for the record, no, we're not going to make it to 2050, or 2040, or 2030, and possibly even 2025, not without our entire reality being turned completely upside down. Too many factors are already too far past the breaking point. But does that mean we don't try? Of course not. If we can salvage any part of the Earth's remaining life support systems, we are obligated to try. It's not an option. It's an absolute obligation. And collectively, we could yet make a difference. And we will never know how much of a difference until we try. How did it get so bad? How can so many be so willing to participate in their own near-term demise. Consider this headline from last week. World Economic Forum's, quote, young global leaders revealed. Consider that this is how the cancer spreads itself, by sowing its own seeds in every conceivable corner of industrialized, militarized civilization. Stay tuned for more on this subject. But let's add this headline. Dutch government conspiring with World Economic Forum to usher in, quote, great reset. Should that come as any surprise at all? I think not. From this report, a member of the Dutch House of Representatives filed a Freedom of Information Act request for documents that tie the Dutch government to the World Economic Forum and its infamous Great Reset agenda. But consider that all such agendas will soon be moot as the entire ship goes under, i.e. planet Earth. On that note, from usatoday.com, last week, climate change exposes growing gap between weather we've planned for and what's coming. Let's translate that. Biosphere collapse has beat the controllers to the intersection. Climate engineering, a.k.a. weather warfare, is further fueling the process. Next headline. U.S. crops and cattle herds at risk due to, quote, intense heat and dry conditions, end quote. The report then states extreme weather is responsible for failing crops all throughout the Southwest and Midwest, and at the worst possible time for an already fragile and failing food system. A lack of rainfall, coupled with very hot days, is killing off corn and soy crops in places like Tennessee, Texas, Kansas, and Oklahoma. Those crops feed not only humans, but also animals, which spells feed shortages in the future. 
For the record, climate engineering operations are inseparable from this equation, not opinion. Satellite imagery and lab test proven fact. Next headline, same theme. Food collapse and labor shortages affecting restaurants all over the country. The continued collapse of America's food production is causing shortages, the report states, affecting restaurants all over the U.S. Again, remember and consider, crops are being crushed by drought and deluge scenarios, both hallmarks of climate intervention operations. And even now, how many are taking the time to stop looking at their iPhones and look at the skies above? Civilization is an existence constructed of almost entirely artificial environments that are completely isolated from the natural world. What could go wrong? How many days would it take to answer that question? The entire matrix is set up to train and program populations to believe what they are told to believe. Translation, all matrix institutions have been designed to dictate what populations think and believe. Not to teach them how to think. Not to teach them how to come to conclusions by analyzing data and facts. Remember and consider this historical statement from John D. Rockefeller, who said, quote, I don't want a nation of thinkers. I want a nation of workers. The zombie apocalypse is now. Power structure puppet masters pulling the strings of populations that so far have been all too willing to participate in their own near-term self-annihilation. A constant parade of bread and circus is the theme of this dark hour of human existence, with mainstream media performing the task of pumping out a non-stop stream of scripted mass distract and divide dramas and narratives. Complacency, ambivalence, and apathy rule the day for so many. So long as they are allowed to continue their personal pursuits of pleasure and material consumption until the last possible moment, completely oblivious to the fact that the planet's life support systems are collapsing on every front, oblivious to the fact that covert assaults are being waged against them from countless directions. Stay tuned for more on what the masses must be awakened to immediately if we're to have any chance of even near-term survival. And for those who say it's not the people. It's just those at the top. Again, I remind you, they could not do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. Please remember that. Next headline, multiple sources. Climate change is happening faster than expected. As already stated, faster than the controllers expected. Yes, and far faster than they ever officially disclosed with constantly ramped up weather warfare fueling the equation of climate collapse. The totality of what's unfolding can no longer be rationally denied. Keyword, rationally. And for those that do admit to climate collapse and then completely deny the climate engineering component, you belong in the same camp of irrational denial. From the report I just covered, quote, the dizzyingly quick shift from an abstract threat to an era of tumbling temperature records, mega droughts, and pervasive fires has many people wondering, is climate change unfolding faster than scientists had expected? Question mark. Are these extreme events more extreme than studies had predicted? Question mark. Exactly how fast is the planet warming? The thermal energy equivalent of six to seven Hiroshima atomic bombs a second. Let me say that again. The statistical warming of the planet is equal to the heat that would be released from six to seven Hiroshima-sized nuclear bombs a second. That's about 600,000 a day, which the now superheating oceans have so far absorbed the majority of, but no more. What we now face is what is scientifically termed as an abrupt climate collapse scenario that has been further fueled 
by covert climate intervention operations, a.k.a. weather warfare, for over 75 years, as stated over and over. And please don't blindly believe what's reported on this broadcast, any statistic or statement or report. Just investigate for yourself. Honest, objective investigation. That's all I've ever asked for. Next headline from the New York Times. Weather update. Dangerous heat bakes the Pacific Northwest. From that report, the part of the United States most unprepared for extreme heat is sweating through triple-digit temperatures this week. In the meantime, record rainfall in Missouri flooded the St. Louis region. Let's put this into perspective. First, about the St. Louis region. A once-in-1,000-year rain event floods St. Louis. That's a headline. From that report... According to NOAA's Precipitation Frequency Data Server, that's the PFDS, this extreme rain event is a once-in-1,000-year event. NOAA is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, so we have a once-in-1,000-year flood. While further west in the same country, we have what's been recognized as a once-in-1,200-year drought. Worst drought in at least 1,200 years, and that's a conservative estimate. Why is this happening when the rain goes from west to east generally? And even when there's monsoonal moisture coming up from the Gulf, the Pacific moisture shouldn't be completely blocked again and again and again with the ridiculously resilient ridge of high pressure that's produced from an ionosphere heater like the Harp facility in Alaska. That's what these facilities do, not scientifically disputed. This is weather warfare, drought and deluge scenarios. So with no rain, Why are our skies so often in the West filled with filth? And no, it's not just some far-off wildfire. How toxic is our air? Do you really want to know? Everything drifts downstream. We can see on satellite imagery massive aerosol dispersing operations going on. Silvery white skies, especially in the mornings or the evenings. You can't even make out the few cumulus clouds you see over distant mountain ranges. They blend in with the filth-filled skies. And no one notices. They walk around on their iPhones, filling their shopping carts. No idea what's coming. No idea of the oncoming train that's about to flatten all of us. About that toxic air, this report from last week, unraveling the interconnections between air pollutants and climate change. Listen carefully. Read between the lines from the report. Aerosols, also known as particulate matter or PM, are a mix of suspended liquid and solid particles in the air with distinctive chemical compositions. The smaller the size of the aerosol, the more severe its health impact. Remember that statement. Particulate matter with a diameter of less than 2.5 microns can easily infiltrate the lungs. PM 2.5 has been associated with higher rates of respiratory, autoimmune, and neurological disorders than comparatively larger PM10 particles, that's 10 microns. And for the record, most official air testing agencies that we are told are there to protect public health, alert them to any dangers, test for PM10 only. Very few test for PM2.5. And guess what? None of them test for anything that's even close to climate engineering element particle sizes that are way into the nanometer range, like the particles we found in the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration Flying Lab, the geoengineeringwatch.org, Took to altitude, great difficulty and expense acquiring this aircraft. We put top scientists in it. We took it to altitude. We sampled the particulate matter being emitted from heavy aircraft at altitude. And guess what we found? Climate engineering elements starting with aluminum. Primary element in climate engineering patents. Everyone knows how toxic aluminum is. Most people know. But it's far more toxic when it's inhaled as opposed to being ingested. Far more toxic still when it's in the nanometer range. What we found was 20 to 100 nanometers, unimaginably small. It goes right through the olfactory nerve in your nasal passages, enters the bloodstream, 
crosses the blood-brain barrier, unbelievably toxic. And now let's add mercury, which all of us have in us from the coal fire burning amalgam fillings and other sources. When you combine those two metals, the overall toxicity can go up as much as 10,000%, 100 times worse. It's a wonder any of us can function at this point while we're sucking up these particles with every breath we take and no one's reporting on them because the purpose of these agencies is not to report this threat to the public. The entire matrix is designed not to alert the populations. Every human test subject we've tested for at GeoGeneWatch.org, hair, blood, urine, packed with these particles and they will take effect. They're all very bioavailable and very bioaccumulative in our systems. And now let's add barium, strontium, polymer fibers. We've just found graphene in the last 100 tests we've taken. The report then tosses out this stunning lie. It says scientists estimate that 90% of aerosols in the atmosphere are naturally occurring. Don't pay any attention to all those jets spewing climate engineering nanoparticles of heavy metals and polymers that, though far more toxic, as I stated, than any of the disclosed elements are never mentioned in reports like this. Let's continue because this report gets more interesting and revealing. Quote, in addition to sulfates, Anthropogenic aerosols like nitrates and airborne microplastics, polymers again, part of climate engineering patents, also scatter and deflect solar radiation back to space, leading to atmospheric cooling. Certain forms of organic carbon could also have a net cooling influence by scattering sunlight away from Earth's surface. Wow, that sounds just like the exact goal of climate engineering solar radiation management operations, doesn't it? What a coincidence. And peer-reviewed science study has already proven that coal fly ash is a likely base material for the climate engineering operations because it gives them plausible denial. It's just pollution from the coal fire power plant, and it contains many of the elements that climate engineers want to utilize anyway. Win-win for them. Let's keep going. There's more. Industrialization and economic growth have significantly increased the concentration of sulfate aerosols in places like India and China over the last four decades. This had a cooling influence on the land surface despite global warming, or so we're told. Consider this kind of official conclusion is used to justify climate engineering operations from behind the curtain. And we now know from the largest study of its type, search geoengineeringwatch.org on our homepage, a title of a post called Is It Game Over? Recent Science study proves that atmospheric aerosols only have a temporary cooling effect followed by a much more protracted warming exactly like we're experiencing now and a destroyed ozone layer like we have and totally disrupted hydrological cycle all over the globe, which we also have. Welcome to climate engineering. More in the report. There's this. Policymakers need to develop an approach that addresses both the economic interests of developing countries like India, as well as the collective interests of other nations, a.k.a. empires that now consider massive populations to be a rapidly growing liability for them. That's the interest we're talking about here. And finally, this from the report. Quote, every country is interconnected to the atmosphere and global trade. The report then stated, we need to transform the economic system for better mitigation strategies. Mitigation of what? Overpopulation, perhaps? Is that what the controllers mean by that statement? You decide. Next headline from last week's same theme, where bad air carries peril and promise. Really? Sucking up toxic air can be a good thing? This report states California's San Joaquin Valley is a place of contradictions. California, one of the most heavily sprayed regions in the world, by the way, 
by the climate engineers. The report states it is the most agriculturally productive region in the world. What a coincidence. It's imploding now. Any connection? What do you think? Despite this abundance, the report states it is also a region of deep and concentrated poverty and food insecurity. The San Joaquin Valley is the United States' most polluted air basin for fine particles, and they're not even looking for nanoparticles. Keep that in mind. It's far worse than what they're stating, which, when inhaled, increases the risk of a host of health problems, including early death. Research from California State University Fullerton has shown that unhealthy air costs our region at least $6 billion per year, paid in premature deaths, asthma attacks, and other serious medical conditions, and missed school and work days. It's far worse than that, by the way. These contradictions hold obvious perils, but then this report states, but also promise. They say, the science and resources which government and industry have poured into extraction can be redistributed and focused instead on eliminating environmental racism and building just, livable communities. Wow, what a truckload of total delusion. Sure, the controllers are just going to decide to do what's right for a change. Just think happy thoughts, and everything will magically work out. How's that going so far? Government and industry could do something good if they wanted to. That's the solution passed on in this report. We're truly in a dark place, in very, very deep water. How clear can it be at this point that those in power will never stop being who they are? They must be exposed and brought to justice. There is no other way forward. About our increasingly toxic air. Why are geoengineering jet aircraft conducting heavy aerosol spraying operations directly above wildfire smoke canopies? What elements are they dispersing? How are those elements affecting wildfire behavior and volatility? How toxic are the elements being sprayed? How many atmospheric aerosol spraying operations are being conducted over wildfire smoke canopies? To see one such operation that occurred directly above the notorious Paradise Fire, view the groundbreaking climate engineering documentary, The Dimming from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Now, let's add this new headline to the equation from nature.com from last week. Wildfire plumes in the western U.S. are reaching greater heights and injecting more aerosols aloft as wildfire activity intensifies. How convenient for the climate engineers. The highly toxic and atmospherically destructive aerosols they are dumping over smoke canopies get lifted higher still when fires burn hotter with more intensity. All just a freak coincidence? Right. Not so much. Same theme from Yahoo.com last week. Western wildfire smoke plumes are getting taller, study shows. Thoughts to consider. Are the weather terrorists actually setting the stage for extremely intense wildfires in order to mimic the atmospheric aerosol loading of a volcanic eruption? Are the wildfires actually being utilized as part of climate engineering operations? Take the time to view this short video report titled, Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda. You won't like what you learn, but it's essential and shocking data. And while reviewing that report, consider and remember that the controllers have long since been desperate enough to propose detonating nuclear bombs as a way to mimic the short-term cooling effect of a volcanic eruption. In my last broadcast, I covered a U.S. patent for the exact purpose, detonating a nuclear bomb to provide temporary cooling for a runaway greenhouse scenario, which we're already in. Any that don't believe the same criminally insane controllers would incinerate forests for the same purpose as a form of climate engineering that mimics volcanic eruptions needs to recheck their reality. Of course they would. They detonated 2,400 nuclear bombs on the planet. They detonated bombs in the magnetosphere. Hydrogen bombs, which are still reverberating damage today. 
from those detonations. For those that don't know, a smoke particle-filled atmosphere does temporarily block the sun and thus provides temporary cooling. Very temporary and at the cost of incinerating Earth's last remaining life support systems, a.k.a. our forests. With all that in mind, now let's add this puzzle piece to the headline from last week. Forest fires are burning in Greece, Italy, France, Spain, Portugal, also in Germany, Czech Republic. Forest fires are rapidly spreading across Europe. A devastating forest fire in the Bohemian Switzerland National Park is also out of control. The fire is spreading east towards Saxony. European wildfires are already 400% higher this year than the so-called historical norms, which in fact are already far higher than the true historical averages. And let's not forget, Alaska and Siberia are incinerating. Western North America is likely staged for another round of burndowns. The source of ignition on any of these fires is another subject completely. What matters most is that the climate intervention operations are setting the stage for these incinerations, which will provide a temporary and highly toxic sun-dimming effect, i.e. dimming the sun. The dimming documentary. Connect the dots. Again, please search and view this title, Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda, or better yet, take the time to review the entire Engineering Wildfire section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org and the Engineering Drought section. And even with all the drought and wildfires, climate engineering chemical ice nucleation operations continue. Parts of Colorado just got hit with one to two feet of hail. Imagine that. Check the Engineering Winter section at geoengineeringwatch.org if you want to know more about chemical ice nucleation operations. The photos in some of those reports will absolutely shock you. It sounds bad, doesn't it? That's only because it is. Why aren't we being told? Because the Matrix media is bought, sold, and paid for. Here's a case in point. The Weather Channel claims to be the most trusted source for weather news. Think the Weather Channel will ever admit to climate engineering? In fact, their job is to cover it up. Email their staff a link to the dimming documentary. Time to hold the professional liars to account. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the Bad News Broadcast, installment number 364, July 30th, 2022. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Florida, Texas, two stations in San Francisco, Also, Sacramento, San Diego, two Colorado stations, including Denver, Portland, Phoenix, Santa Cruz, Tucson, Arizona, San Bernardino, California, Las Vegas, Washington State, Alabama, New York State, and more to come, if all goes as planned. Geoengineeringwatch.org wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us expand our reach and our voice in this desperate last-hour effort to sound the alarm. In regard to sounding the alarm, please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other geoengineeringwatch.org video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. Final footnote, you can find geoengineeringwatch.org awareness raising materials on our homepage. Our only goal 
to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There are very high quality printed materials and just added climate engineering conversation starters are new geoengineeringwatch.org t-shirts, scannable business cards and bumper stickers. All effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Doing so is the first and most important step toward getting the as-of-yet uninformed to start looking up. Waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative. If we can expose it, we have a chance of stopping it from the inside out as we awaken our military brothers and sisters to what they are participating in, i.e. their own demise and ours. Remember all that I covered before the announcement, starting with wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. Let's add this new report from last week from msn.com. Quote, some climate change experts call for us to, quote, dim the sun. Week after week, more and more articles are coming out still pretending that this isn't already going on. From this report, some climate change experts have an idea to slow global warming. An idea, they say, that sounds like it could have come straight from a science fiction movie. A group of scientists are currently exploring solar geoengineering technology to stop temperatures rising. Put simply, the report states they're looking to, quote, dim the sun. Where have I heard that before? They say the strategy being explored is known as stratospheric aerosol injection, or SAI, involving spraying chemicals from aircraft into the atmosphere to reflect away some of the sun's warmth, like how a volcanic eruption darkens the sky. Again, wow. Where have I heard that before? Straight from a science fiction movie? No. More correctly, happening directly over our heads. And so stunningly blatant that any but the clinically blind can bear witness to it. Unless, of course, they have their eyes wide shut. Here's one of the excerpts from the Dimming the Sun so-called science report. Quote, solar geoengineering carries other threats as well, including potential shifts in rainfall patterns that could impact global hunger or uncontrollable temperature rise. And let's add this. We all get to inhale the toxic fallout. Again, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, and now we know, again from our last 100 tests, graphene. Everything they describe already happening. They forgot the collapsing ozone layer also happening. Also a direct result of climate intervention operations. Please, we need all the help we can get with posting a link to the dimming documentary under any and every report like the one I just covered. The so-called scientists that put out reports like this, like that which I just covered, need to be held accountable legally and morally. Moving on, more unprecedented wildfires are scheduled. What a surprise from the San Francisco Chronicle.com. California's wildfire season is here, but experts say, the paid kind, that different, potentially more destructive fires lie ahead. Again, the hotter they burn, the higher their particulates go, the more they serve the climate engineering agenda. Keep that in mind. The more they stay elevated in the atmosphere, the further around the globe they circulate. This report states the relative calm that had marked California's early wildfire season ended with the explosion of the Oak Fire in Mariposa County. Hot gusts of air engorged gray pyrocumulus clouds that spewed ash. Fire behavior, they say, is mainly driven by hot temperatures, dry air with low humidity, and the article states, a buildup of parched vegetation from months without significant rain. No, not months. Years and years of drought. They say forests are just packed with dead fuels, which is true. Down trees, dead trees, logs, branches, laying on the ground, waiting to burn. More than any other ingredient, the report says, wind drives intense and dangerous fire behavior. Let's stop there. 
What's fueling wildfires more than any other factor by far, for many reasons, is climate intervention operations. That is not to deny the damage we have done to the planet, not at all. But unless or until the so-called climate science community, so-called elected officials, so-called government public protection agencies, unless or until they start telling the truth, those in control will continue to wreak havoc on populations and the environment till they achieve total control of what's left of the planet. GeoengineeringWatch.org has been stating on the record for 15 years that this is exactly what would happen. We put our first full-page ad in Northern California newspapers in 2008 describing exactly what has happened. We weren't looking into a crystal ball. We were looking at data, data that official agencies, so-called elected officials, so-called public protection agencies all patently ignored. Why? Because their paychecks, pensions, and public status depend on them ignoring that data and doing whatever they're told by those in power. Let's rewind to this headline from a year ago. Pacific Northwest heat wave shatters former high temperature records. Now, let's fast forward to last week from USA Today. Pacific Northwest heat wave shatters temperature records with temperatures up to 110 degrees in Oregon and Washington. Just like clockwork. Just like it was scheduled. Was it scheduled? What do you think? Let's add this to the equation from the Washington Post last week. Record high temperatures bake northwest while even larger heat wave looms. Seems they know what's coming. Consider that Raytheon and Lockheed Martin do all the, quote, weather modeling for the National Weather Service and NOAA, the nation's weathermen. Why do our weathermen need to have private defense contractors tell them what the weather's going to be? Because those same private defense contractors are involved with the primary climate engineering entities, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, too. So they have to pass down the script so that the narrative all fits together. How clear is that? Federal gag orders on the National Weather Service and NOAA, the nation's weathermen, why aren't they allowed to talk? Why do you think? Let's move on to more of what's happening around the world. This one from CNN. Quote, it's so hot, roads are buckling. They're putting foil on a bridge and roofs are melting around the world. The report then states the deadly heat waves of the last week have sparked strange infrastructural events around the world as millions endure searing temperatures that are still on the rise. Understand, there's no magic thermostat that keeps the planet at a certain limit. It just keeps going. Once you trigger positive feedback loops, and positive doesn't mean good in this case, it means they feed on themselves. There's likely 50 or more of these feedback loops in effect right now. We are on a runaway train of abrupt climate collapse, total planetary incineration, and climate intervention operations, aka weather warfare, which is what it's about. It's about power and control. That's what's happening in our skies. There's nothing benevolent about it. It is completely disabling the planet's life support systems. If it is not stopped, if the planet's not allowed to respond on its own to the damage already done, we have no chance, statistically and mathematically, no chance for even near-term survival. Don't believe that conclusion? Good. I've never asked anyone to blindly believe anything I've reported on this broadcast. What I'm asking for is honest investigation. More headlines from last week. Catastrophic flooding turns deadly, leaves Kentucky towns underwater. Again, that's the once in 1,000 year flood, while we have once in 1,000 year plus droughts happening just a bit further west. Next headline last week. The models were wrong. Arctic warming begins sooner than we thought. How many times have I covered this? It's, gee, it's way worse than we thought. 
They knew. They simply can't hide it any longer. Geoengineering Watch.org has stated from day one of our existence, it's far worse than anything we're officially being told. From CNN last week, Greenland loses 6 billion tons of ice in three days. Harbinger of unprecedented coastal flooding to come. Another headline last week from Mesmo.com, accelerating deforestation in the Amazon severely threatens climate change crisis. Tipping point of no return as fires surge. We passed the point of no return about two decades ago for the record. We may still be able to salvage some part of the planet's life support systems, and that is worth fighting for till our last breath. Next headline last week. First the Amazon, now the Congo Basin. Another step back in the fight against climate change. Loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute until there's nothing left. That is the creed of the global controllers. If we don't stop them, we're done. Next headline last week from the UK Daily Mail. All-inspiring mothership storm cell is captured hovering over North Dakota as the state is hit with series of golf ball-sized hail and braces for more. This is chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. We have the frozen material tests to prove it, lab tests. Please research this issue. It is a core part of climate engineering, engineered winter surface cooldowns. The only one acknowledging this aspect of climate engineering is geoengineeringwatch.org. I can only hope that changes. What happens when all the summer ice in the Arctic blows apart? The science term is called a BOE, a blue ocean event, which doesn't sound so bad. But in fact, it would likely be the harbinger of the end of the world as we know it. The weather terrorists, in the attempt to mask the pending cataclysm from populations, have radically fueled the overall fire. I'll cover more on that scenario in next week's broadcast. A few last headlines from other parts of the world, from phys.org. Battered by climate change, Latin America must brace for worst. Report states, floods, heat waves, and the longest drought in a thousand years. Sound familiar? Latin America is grappling with devastating climate change impacts that will only get worse. Climate engineering, of course, not mentioned, and the World Meteorological Association said that food and water and human health were all in the balance. No surprise. Another headline from CNN. Pakistan's largest city battered by torrential rain as climate crisis makes weather more unpredictable. Again, no mention of climate engineering. Drought deluge scenarios, the hallmark of climate intervention operations. From phys.org, extreme heat waves expected to intensify as global temperatures rise. In regard to the most extreme heat waves, think ionosphere heater-induced high-pressure heat domes. That's what they are. Let's add this with that in mind. Extreme heat exposure worsens child malnutrition. Yeah, when the crops are all fried and dead and there's no food, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Let's turn to Al Gore. He'll know what to do, won't he? Last week from NBC, from Al Gore, stated this, The U.S. needs to look to its broken democracy to fix climate change. Mr. Gore, let's start with you telling the truth about climate engineering operations, which he never will, because Gore is part of the club, the big club, that comedian George Carlin talked about, the club that we aren't in. So about that club, how do the global controllers expand it to every conceivable corner of the so-called civilized world? Here's how. As mentioned at the start of this broadcast from geopolitics.com, World Economic Forum's, quote, young global leaders revealed. Through its Young Global Leaders Program, the World Economic Forum has been 
instrumental in shaping a world order that undermines all democratic principles. For several decades, this program has nurtured compliant leaders acting as World Economic Forum agents in governments around the world. The consequences are far-reaching and may turn out to be devastating for humanity, indeed the entire web of life. In 1992, Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum launched a program initially called Global Leaders of Tomorrow. In 2004, this program was turned into the, quote, Forum for Young Global Leaders, a five-year program of indoctrination into the World Economic Forum's principles and goals. The aim was and is to find suitable future leaders for the emerging global society. Since its inception, the program has included politicians, business leaders, royalty, journalists, performers, and other cultural influencers who have excelled in their fields but have not yet turned 40 years of age. It has since grown into an extensive global network of dedicated leaders with enormous resources and influence, again, all the money they can print, all working to implement the technocratic plans of the World Economic Forum, i.e. the global elite. The ultimate consequences of both public-private partnerships and these targeted areas is the creation of a largely tyrannical social contract in which the individual has become subordinated to these powerful interests. This means that the democratic principles and division of power have largely been completely undermined and instead replaced by a new global class that shapes our common future based on their interests, not ours. This in turn has led to a de facto privatization of both national governments and international organizations where lobbyists no longer are kept in the lobby but have moved into the seat of power, shaping policies directly affecting our lives. This plan, their plan, won't succeed. Unfolding ecological collapse further fueled by weather warfare operations has beat the power structure to the intersection. Awareness is spreading like a wildfire, and the panic of the elite increases as their narrative crumbles and people become more and more immune to the propaganda. Hence, all the inquisitors and, quote, fact-checkers who diligently gatekeep the narrative and attempt to steer public opinion in their direction, increasingly without success. We, each of us, all of us, are now occupying a fully developed planetary asylum. We are told, taught, trained, and programmed to blindly accept Whatever the so-called experts say is the truth, when more and more, what the so-called experts tell us is anything but the truth. So-called experts that parrot whatever power structure sources of payment tell them to push on the public in exchange for their paychecks and pensions. Carefully crafted narratives designed to hide the truth from populations, not to tell it. So, what do we do now? What can we do? If we're not here to do everything in our power, to fight with every fiber of our being, to salvage and safeguard some semblance of a future for our posterity and the web of life on which their lives and ours completely depend, then why are we here? We need all hands on deck with an attitude that is worthy of those that are fighting for life itself, for indeed we are. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this battle. If we can expose the insanity, we have a chance of stopping it from the inside out. See the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn specific details about how you can help to move this fight forward. The sand in the hourglass is running down at blinding speed. Please, make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, let's continue our headlong march into the gathering storm. All is in the balance. Stay strong, never yield. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.